on. It's so good to see you guys this morning again. Come on, man. Man, what do we get when we say he is worthy? Like, what a great close to today. What a powerful time in worship. Man, to know that the shepherd sacrificed himself for the sheep. Man, the shepherd laid himself down for the sheep, that is us, and put himself on a cross for you and I. And we are, we are reminded again this morning that his blood never loses power. Like, it's not like we need more from God. It's not like, God, we need you to be greater. Or, or it's never that the blood is ever less than, and then and watch this now, the blood is never more than. Man, the blood is the cleansing agent for our sin. Man, as we preached just two weeks ago, but there is forgiveness with you. What a great word. And just remind, remembering Psalm 130 to know, man, if you were to mark all of our iniquities, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you. But there is forgiveness with you. And the power of Christ's blood is the same power, has the same authority, is the same cleaning agent as it has always been from 2,000 years ago that you and I stand free, forgiven, cleansed, redeemed, and bought back because the shepherd has such a love for the sheep that he laid himself down for every one of us. Come on, church. Can we give him praise this morning, please? Come on. So good. My goodness. So, so good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, man. It is good to be back. Renee and I were in Canada last Sunday. So pumped for Pastor Al and just his testimonies and what God does in and through him. We are blessed by Albert Batt, man. We are pumped that he is on staff here. He's a part of our pastoral team, and uh, he is our care pastor, and he is the one that you want in your house when you are struggling. He's the one that you want by the bedside in a hospital. Me and him have done hospital visits together, and I just kind of stand back and let God do what he does with Al Batten Hospital, man. It is just tremendous, tremendous, tremendous to have him, and we are excited uh, that he is here with us. What a great word last week, and just the, the stories and the testimonies, and that's just, that's just uh, a day in the life of Al Batten. It's just, folks, if you hang out with Al, you realize Man, if there's a tree that doesn't know Jesus as the creator, then he'll know him soon enough. Like, how could win a tree to Christ? It's incredible. Like, it's amazing, and we are blessed to have my man, uh, Pastor Al, with us in this church. Um, but as I said, man, we were in Canada last week, had the opportunity to go to something called Church on the Beach. Um, and this is, they have been trying to get us together with going to Church on the Beach, beach before uh, it was before the whole COVID thing. I don't know if anybody remembers that, that whole COVID. Anyways, um, but it was before that. It never developed. And then this was the time, man. Last Sunday was the opportunity for us to go in. I mean, I just want to share, man. It was a journey to get there. Like, this is kind of funny, but it's about staying uh, staying focused, man. It was a journey for us to get there. As you know, man, you, you can either have a passport or an enhanced license to go north, man, to get to the Canadian side. And uh, I have a passport. Passports are good for 10 years. I'm thinking, okay, man, I'm sure my passport's fine. It's a 10-year passport. It's good, you know? And, and about three weeks before we're leaving, I'm like, I should probably check my passport. Being a good steward, right? You should check your passport before you go into Canada. It's 10 years. I'm sure it's good. I've been all over, you know, India, all over the place, right? And I'm like, ah, I'm sure it's good. But I looked, and I'm looking at the date going, June 24th. Nine, nine, 2023. I'm like, wait a minute, did I see that right? Like, this thing expired a week ago as I'm looking at it. 
a week ago. Like one month before I'm supposed to go to Canada, I have no passport. Out of 10 years, it expires four weeks before I'm supposed to go. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm in like, ah, what do I do? You know, call a friend at the DMV. She's a part of BC. I'm like, can you do like your magic wand or do whatever? She's like, I got no magic wand. You need to be here at 8 a.m. and fill out some paperwork. Bring your, bring your license and bring your, 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 your birth certificate and bring your social security card. I'm like, I don't even know where this stuff is. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? They're like, yeah, we have a drawer, but it wasn't in that drawer. And Renee's like, I know you, honey. I got it. Like, so she's like, okay, good. So she found all of my goods, was there at 8 a.m., fill out for the enhanced license. And I'm like, ah, is this supposed to come? And she's like, well, maybe. But what do you mean maybe? Like, maybe, maybe you can get across. They say, I'm like, who's they? Like, they say that if you have the temporary paper, you can get across, but it's only good one time. I'm like, ah, okay. But it would be good if your license came. We leave on Saturday, praise the Lord, my license comes on Friday. That's just, that's just the first sentence of this journey. So like we're, we're now driving out Saturday night, we're going towards Canada, they got a hotel for us, and I'm, you know we have a 2014 Honda Pilot, this thing is flawless, man, this thing is fantastic, I could drive that thing to Florida. It's a May, 209,000 miles on it, love the Pilot, solid. All of a sudden, the engine light comes on and starts blinking. I'm like, okay, I've never, it's like, the only when it starts blinking, it's screaming at you, right? It's like, it's yelling at you. Like, it's just screaming. I'm like, we need to look this up. As Renee, look up, Google this thing. Why is the engine light blink? I've never seen in all of my vehicles an engine light blink. It comes on. You may ignore, ignore it, you know, whatever. Like, but when it starts blinking, there's no ignoring a blinking light. It's like, ding, 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 ding. She's like, well, it says you should pull over immediately. I'm like, what? Like, I, I, I can't, I'm on assignment. I can't pull over immediately. She's like, no, we should probably pull over. I'm like, what's it? We going to blow up? Like, what do you mean pull over immediately? Like, what, like, is there like a gas exchange? And all of a sudden, bang, no more Sean and Renee. Like, I'm like, what does this mean? Pull over. So mind you, this is seven o'clock on Saturday. Well, where are we going to go? Right? Seven o'clock on Saturday. We're on the 190 and we're headed towards, you know, Peace Bridge. I'm like, ah, oh, Renee's like, my wife is brilliant. She's like, well, maybe there's a Honda dealership open. I'm like, Renee, it's 7 o'clock on a Saturday. Like, are you kidding me? She looks up, North Town's open till 9 p.m. So I call them and say, hey, guys, listen, I got a blinking light. You need to pull over immediately. I'm like, I, I'm like seriously, I'm not, this, is, this is all absolute truth. I'm like, pull over immediately. I said, I'm on assignment. I can't, I got to get to Canada, man. I can't. He's like, our suggestion is you pull over and tow it to us. I'm like, bro. I'm on the 190. It's now 7:15. By the time I get a tow truck here and get to you, I'm not. I'm, you're gonna be closed. Like you're not waiting around for me. Like hey, just hypothetically, I said, if I actually make it there in time, driving it or not, like if I make it there, is there any way that you'd have a car? Like I need to get across the border. I need to get to Canada. Is there any way you give us a service car? I don't care if it's a camel, if it's a giraffe. I don't care if you got a horse, I'll learn to ride it, bareback, me, Renee, E-Man, we'll roll with it, it'll be fine. And they're like, if you get it here, we suggest you tow it, pull it over, because there's like this, whatever, you know, missing this and missing that, and things aren't, and, by, and I'm telling you the truth, it's running smooth, it's only blinking, we have seen no residual from what's going on. I hang up with them, no joke, car starts shaking. I'm like, oh, and like when you start slowing down, true story, it starts shaking more. I'm like, okay, no red lights. We hit a red light. It starts shaking more. I'm like, 
Oh my goodness. I'm like, I'm not towing this baby. We're getting there, right? So we, we finally get there. They were great. Give us a service car. Now we finally make it to our hotel. It's fantastic. Uh, I have an elbow issue. I don't know what the elbow issue is, right? Again, this is only a couple chapters into this crazy story of getting to the beach to preach, right? And um, I have this thing with my elbow that something happens to either, I've never looked into it, I've never had it checked out, but it's either like a tendon or the ulnar nerve. It kind of crosses over and then I have to like, it locks my arm and I have to cross it back. And this is crazy, right? I'm playing with it and I, I can feel it cross back and then I'm fine. I'm like, all right, this has been like a couple years like this. I'm like, all right, well, it happens and I can't cross it back. And all of a sudden my elbow starts swelling up. And this is Saturday night going into Sunday morning. And I'm like, by the hour, it's getting bigger and I can't, like, I can't move my arm. I'm like, this is like 3 a.m. I'm like, Renee, it's getting bigger by the hour, right? It's just crazy. Of course, she's praying for me. And I'm like, all right, I got to just, and it was like less than an hour's sleep. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's get in the car. Let's just get, we're about 30 minutes away from where we got to preach. This is going to be great. Let's get in the car. And church, I never do this because I have a badge in my wallet. I never do this. I'm in the car. We're about 15 minutes out. We have to be there at 745, which means we're up at six. We're leaving at seven, right? And uh, I get about halfway there and I'm like, where the heck is my wallet? True story. It has my, it has license in it. It's got everything I need. I'm like, we pull the car over. We're throwing stuff out of suitcases. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's got to be in the room. So I call the hotel. Listen, if you find a wallet, uh, it's got a badge in it, blah, blah, blah. It's probably in the room somewhere. Would you please just let me know? I said, I can't come back right now. I'm on assignment. And I got I to gotta figure this thing out. And uh, of course, it was in the room, which I never do that with my, with my wallet that's got my badge in it. Never do that. I'm like, this is just crazy right now. What else? could happen. And we get to the beach and I'm just like, I can't move my arm. Literally, I can't button my shirt. Praise the Lord. I have a wife. I'd have gone in some stupid looking t-shirt without a nice shirt. I can't button my shirt. Try to wash your face with one hand. Just do that. Just try that. And like, I have to preach with my hand in my pocket. Like I couldn't move my elbow. I had about this much movement. True story. I'm like, dear Lord. And just, you know, honestly, I knew God had a plan. I'm thinking, okay, we'll get to the beach. When they first said church on the beach, I'm thinking, I don't know, 50 people maybe come to a beach here, here preaching. That'd be fantastic, you know? Church, there was almost 400 people there. I'm like, holy smokes, man. We had opportunity to minister through a worship leader named Brooke Nichols, and we've done ministry with her before, and she led in worship. And then, and then I'm telling you what, oh, it's just so great. Like we just, my mindset is like zero distractions. Whatever it takes, this message has to be delivered. And it was so powerful. It was such a blessing just to let it rip on a beach and just say, God, you've got to do something. It was tough getting here. And man, it just, it, I, I'm, listen, I am, like I said, about an hour of sleep, which praise the Lord, I don't need much. And I'm just like, God, you've got to do something here. I need to get my mind on this and I need to stay dialed in and I need to get my focus up and I need to be ready to go. And I tell you what, we prayed for people for salvation we prayed for people to be healed from cancer. We, and it was a message on forgiveness. Renee and I had the opportunity. And there was a lot of other people praying. They had old prayer, prayer people ready to go. Renee and I were able to pray for people who were struggling with forgiveness. I know that God has forgiven me, but I can't forgive me. And we walked people through that. What a blessing that was. Like God moved in such a powerful, powerful way. Church, it was awesome. 
It was awesome to see God move. And my encouragement is this, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, if you know that you are on assignment and you know that God has a plan for you and you know that you you are a God-given direction, no matter what distractions come, no matter where you're at, you got to dial in and you need to focus up and you need to just really say, God, I know that you have called me to this, whether it's a one event or whether it's a, a situation that you are in now. My encouragement is this, is that you dial in and you stay focused and know God will move even amongst all of the distractions and crazy things out of my control. Wallet was my fault, everything else out of my control. And it's like, God, you got to move in such a way that just I need to just stay focused. And God did such a great work last week. Church, it was wonderful. And I'm so grateful to a church. We are so deep in this church with, with, with just ministry, so deep in this church with worship and just God is doing a great work here in BC. And I just, I thought that was just amazing. Just coming back, my arm is starting to get a little bit better, which I'm kind of, I can actually button my own shirt now. It's incredible. It's tough putting it on, but I can button my own shirt. So I'm, I'm good. Um, come on, let's just pray. And God's going to move this morning. How about it? Father, we thank you for just today. God, no matter where we're at, we pray that there are no distractions. God, no distractions. God, I pray that we would dial into this and that you would speak to us this morning. God, that through your word, by your Holy Spirit that reigns and dwells within us, God, that you would speak into our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Come on, amen. All right, all right. Come on, 1 Kings 19, please. 1 Kings 19, I want us to get this. Man, and today we are looking at that still small voice. Church, let me ask you, do you believe that God can speak to you? Do you believe that we have such a relationship with the Lord that he can speak to you? Like, like we look at this and there's many people who say, no, God doesn't speak today. Or, or there's many who say, and there's many different ways that God can speak, right? We're just going to look at three. If we get to three, we know that God speaks to us through his word. This is his word on page for you and I. You can go anywhere in scripture and say, I know that God is speaking to me, right? Some of us do that, not me so much, but maybe when I was younger, some of you might do the point and shoot. When you're going through a difficult time and you just kind of do this, you're just like, all right, God, speak to me. Bang. And you're like, ah, I don't think that's the word for me today, right? Because you shot in the wrong spot, right? There's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad that you could find yourself in if you do the point and shoot and say, God, this is how I need you to speak to me. And you open up and you point and shoot. Uh, we do know that God speaks to us from his word. We do believe that God speaks to us from his spirit that reigns and dwells within us. And there might be times that people are like, man, I just feel like God is just speaking this in my heart. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. But this is what I feel. And that's a, maybe a word of knowledge for somebody. And you're speaking from the spirit that's within you by God's Holy Spirit. Right? And that's an impression. And then God can speak to us through our conscience. Do you realize that you have a conscience comes from God? What it is to know good and evil, right and wrong. And that conscience can be seared. When you walk in sin, your conscience can become dull. Your conscience can just spick away the things that, that God would say is right and wrong. And when you live in a sinful lifestyle, your conscience can become dull. And the Bible says, 1 Timothy, that it can be seared. So there, there's ways, and I believe this. Please hear me. For those who say, no, God doesn't really speak to us today. I think God can speak to us any way he wants to speak to us because he's God. Right? God used the donkey to speak. Like, that's pretty legit. Like, okay, an animal is speaking and uh, you better figure that out. God uses angels to speak. You know, I've never heard an audible voice, but we see in scripture that there can be an audible voice. Now, listen, please hear me. 
if you're a message a minute kind of person where you think you're on the cell phone with God and you're having the, like, that's a red flag for me. Like if you're the message every minute and like you have, you know, on the cell phone with God and, and you come to me and say, I hear God's audible voice every like, ah, to me, I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But when we get into the reality of being open to God, I want to be in tune with you. And that's my word for 2023 is, God, I want to be in tune with you. I don't want to miss anything, God. The smallest of little things, God, I want to hear that still small voice. I want to be in tune that your spirit dwells and reigns within me. God, I want to pay attention to that still small voice. And for those who would say, no, but I don't think God speaks to us at all. I think it's only through his word. So when you pray, God, lead me. How do you know if he's leading you? Like, I loved being a policeman. I loved being a cop. That was my game, man. I loved it, loved it, loved it, still love it today. How did I know that God was leading us to go into full-time ministry? Like, there's no chapter and verse for Sean. Like, there's nothing in there that says, Sean Oberkfell will leave police work and go. Like, there's no, there's no Bible verse for that. So how do you know that you hear from God if it's not in the Bible? Right? These are things that you've got to walk through going, okay, God, he leadeth me. Like the Bible says he leads us and he guides us. Yes, he can guide you from his word, but when there's not that chapter and verse for your exact life, how do you know that it's God? If you want to say, no, I don't believe God ever speaks to us outside his word, then what are you praying for and how are you listening to what God is going to do? Right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and he will direct your steps. Church, if you really believe, God, you are going to direct my steps. I believe that famous verse. I believe that I'm going to trust in you with everything I've got. And God, I believe that you're going to direct my steps. Well, if there's not a chapter and verse for your exact step that you're asking God, God, I need direction for my child. God, I need direction for my finances. God, I need direction for my career. God, I need direction for my marriage. God, I need direction. And what happens if it's not a chapter and verse that says, you are going to do this for your life? What happens when you listen for that still small voice? What happens when you really pay attention to the Holy Spirit within you, which we're going to cover this in John. The Bible says that he will guide you and he will show you things to come. Like, I believe that. I believe that God has the ability by his spirit to reveal to you things that will come. To reveal to you different things that you are to stay away from, different things that you are to get into. And that is by his spirit speaking to your spirit. And again, we are, we are not the lug nut group that you have a message a minute. And I've met those ministers or those people who think they're on a cell phone with God and God just told me this and God just told me that and God just told me this and God just told me that and unfortunately please hear me unfortunately when you see the message a minute type of people when you look at the the ten commandments and the third one is don't take the Lord's name in vain that means don't don't empty or discredit it's not so much a swear word as so many people are coming to it today but it's don't use it as empty and don't take it for your own gain. So many people tag God told me so that they have some type of credibility. And when, God, when the Bible says, don't say I said when I never said, Old Testament, uh, you'd be stoned. 
So you never take it lightly. You never take it lightly. So we're very careful on this. Very careful on this. Right? And in and, and, and me, I am more of one who says, listen, I just feel like this is of the Lord. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Then the wrong is on me and it's not on God. Because we can be wrong. I'm not saying in a prophetic way, you can't be wrong. Because you'd be stoned. But in a way of, man, listen, I do believe that this is what God is, is putting in my heart. And this is where we even get our messages from. We pray, God, where do we need? What does this church need? Where are we at right now? God, we got to know the flock. We got to know our direction. We got to know the, the, the environment that surrounds this region and this church and where we at, like all of that. So come on, let's, let's look at this in 1 Kings 19. And this is the story of Elijah. This is the story of Elijah, Ahab, Jezebel. This is a story that is a common story. It's a lightning bolt, fiery story as you've got Elijah. He is a prophet of God, right? And he's, he's been given the assignment to, to pray that it would just have this drought and all the rain would cease until he prays again. And this was several years. So here he's, he's prayed. He, he's created this, this drought. And then you've got Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab is a wicked Wicked king. Jezebel is the wicked, wicked wife of the wicked king. I think she's more wicked than he is in, in, in just who she was. And, uh, and then there was this competition. You see this in 1 Kings 18. There's this competition where Elijah comes back and he, and he goes and he says, okay, let's see who the real God is. So you had 400 prophets of Baal. That's a, a false god. And then you had, the, and that was through Ahab, and then you had uh, the 450 prophets of Asherah, which was the female goddess, a female deity, which she was a false goddess, and that was all through Jezebel. So you have 850 false prophets, 850 prophets crying out to their false gods. And Elijah just says, okay, competition time, let's do this. Let, let's build an altar and let's put some meat on it. You cry out to your gods, and then let me have my shot and I'm going to cry out to my God. And when whoever answers by fire, ah, high five the one true living God. So they do this whole thing and you've got, you've got the prophets of Baal and they're going at it and they're just, they're just beginning to cut themselves and they're crying out to Baal and nothing's happening. Why? Because Baal doesn't exist. He's a false God. He doesn't have ears. He's not listening. Nothing's going on because there is no Baal, right? He's false. He's fake. He's, it's a lie. And yet they're crying out to Baal. And even Elijah gets a little juicy and he starts mocking them. Ha! Hey, where's your God? If you, if you read the living Bible, it says, is your God on the toilet? Like legit. That's what he says. I mean, you want to punch somebody in the head? Like, hey, your God taking a dump? Like, I don't know what's going on. But like, and he starts to mock him and make fun of him. And all of a sudden he says, all right, enough, my turn. He says, all right, build the altar, put the meat on it. Let's dump water on it. Bring more water on it. Bring more water. Fill the trench with water. And he begins to cry out to God and bang, fire from heaven comes down and licks up all the water. The, the altar is burnt. And then they're like, oh, wow, this is, whoo, one true living God, boom. He has all of the, the prophets of Baal. He has them all killed, his fake false prophets. And he kills like, you're talking about, Ah, this is mighty Elijah, right? This is a big deal. He was a big deal in the Old Testament. Elijah is this prophet like, man, he called on fire from heaven. He was not afraid. He wasn't afraid. And then all of a sudden, you see this evil, evil queen in Jezebel who heard about the slaughter. And this is what she says in 1 Kings 19. 
We'll pick it up in, in verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, Then Jezebel, didn't come from Ahab, came from Jezebel, the evil queen. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah, saying, So may my gods do to me and even more if I do not make your life, make your life as a life of one of them by tomorrow at this time. She threatens his life. She's like, listen, by tomorrow this time, you're a dead man. And she says, I bet my life on it, which was a big mistake. She died with dogs eating her flesh, by the way, kind of nasty, but that's how this evil woman died. So what happens? Look at verse three. Elijah's just coming off this huge victory. He's just coming off this huge, huge, huge victory. At the end of this, he calls in the rain. He's like, all right, the drought is over. He calls in the rain and it begins to rain. So he's coming off this amazing slaughter. He's coming off amazing God's hand move. He called down rain because it was time for the drought to be over. And all of a sudden, because of this one woman, hey, by this time tomorrow, you'll be dead. I bet my life on it. And this is what makes him cower? I'm looking at this going, man, what is going on? And he was afraid, arose and ran for his life. And we see that he goes and he hides under a tree. And we see that the Lord comes in verse 9. He says this, then he came there to a cave and lodged there. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? This is the same God who just put on a display of this fire from heaven. Hey, Elijah, what are you doing here? Church, you ever been in that place where you know that God is saying, why are you here? Why are you in the position that you're in? Why are you, and here he is, he's hiding in a cave. Why are you hiding in a cave? Church, today more than ever, I believe that the church is called to be bold. And the church is called to be strong. And the church is called to be confident. And the church is called to not be ashamed of the gospel. The gospel used to be easy here in the United States of America. Not so easy now. You mention Jesus, people lose their lids. You mention one man, one woman, people lose their lids. You mention, listen, I don't want a girl... Uh, to be followed in the bathroom by a guy with his junk hanging out. I don't think that's a really good idea. I think that's disgusting, nasty, and wrong. You're called crazy if you actually believe. Like, it's not as easy as it once was. And church, we got to be ready for this, and we've got to be ready for a place. I don't want to hear the Lord speak to me. Sean, why are you hiding? Why are you here? Church, we need to lead the charge of boldness we need to lead the charge of what the Bible says. We need to be not ashamed of the truth of God's word. And we need to, we, I don't want to hear that voice to say, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah goes into this boo-hoo thing. He's like, oh, listen, I'm all alone. I, I, alone am I left. I'm just all alone. And then we, we get this, and that's not true because God actually tells him later on in this chapter that, no, actually there's 7,000. You're not alone. I prepared 7,000. And then God says this. He said, 
Verse 11, go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by and a great and strong wind was rending the mountain and breaking it in pieces and the rocks before the Lord. Again, this is like a real scene. Like this is God who's all powerful, who can do anything, who's everywhere all at once. And he knows exactly where we're at. So he could come and even find Elijah hiding in a cave going, dude, what are you doing here? Listen, I'm all alone. And then the Lord tells him, listen, go to the mountain. And the wind starts coming and it starts breaking up the mountain. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in a fire. Could you imagine the scene? True story. And after the fire, a still small voice. A still small voice. You know, sometimes, church, we ask God for direction and we're expecting a windstorm or we're expecting an earthquake or we're expecting fire or we're expecting to be loud and obvious. But church, what happens when you truly just get into his presence in the absolute quiet and you just sit and soak? And allow his Holy Spirit that reigns within your spirit to begin to minister to you. Do we not believe that God by his Holy Spirit will minister to you? When he says he will. Begin to reveal things to you. Begin to show you things to come. Begin to guide you. Man, I want us all to get this. I want the young adults to get this. I want the teenagers to get this. At a young age, we need to be listening for his voice. At a young age, we need to be in tune with his spirit for his guiding and for his direction. God, what would you have for me? Are we listening to the answer? Are we listening for that impression by his spirit? And please, please, please hear me. You've got to hear this, please. Most important thing that you hear is you're not adding to or taking away from this book. It will go bad for you. We're not adding to the words here of the Bible. Be careful here. When you begin to lean into the Holy Spirit that reigns and dwells within you, I'm listening for that still small voice. I come to a place of this quiet environment. I come to a place of after worship and praise. And how, how, how much distraction, hear me now please, how much distraction do you allow in your life? How many hours, hours a day do you log on your phones? Hours. The average is five. What? How many hours do you just sit and scroll? Church, what is it that's distracting you? from sitting and soaking in that quiet and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to your spirit. Like this brother Elijah had to go and be in this cave and he had to go on top of a mountain and he was actually in this fearful place because one queen out of coming off of such an amazing victory. And please hear me, I tell this to people because I get the pattern from right here. First Kings 18 and 19, I get this pattern of where Man, you can have the greatest victory, man. You've been praying and praying and praying and you see the mighty hand of God move. 
and you're coming off a high victory, you need to be on guard. Please hear me. If you're coming off a high victory, I need you to be on guard because the enemy will come in and attack. When you've got Elijah from one woman, hey, by this time tomorrow, you'll be dead. And that put him in this crazy tizzy. So much so that he told the Lord, just take my life. I'm done. What's happening? He was so down and out that he thought him dying was the best option. God's like, hey, what are you doing here? Church, sometimes when you come off some of the highest victories, you need to be on guard. You need to be on guard. Because that is a place that the enemy can come in and it only takes one person. From that place of victory, you let one person in and that can just cause you to downward spiral. And it was in that still small voice that God says it's time to get up. Again, he says in verse 13, hey, what are you doing here, Elijah? In verse 15, the Lord said to him, go. The Lord said to him, go. Elijah, it's time to begin the process of, of passing the torch. Elijah, it's time to go find Elisha. He's the next. And by the way, you're not alone, man. I got 7,000. Be all right. Church, what happens, if you, if you just turn with me, please, to John. John, uh, we'll go John 14, please. Because we need to get into the habit of listening. Now, I believe your greatest source of God's word is, is the Bible. God, every verse is his voice. Church, every verse is his voice. Learn that. You want wisdom? Proverbs is a great place to start. Go through Proverbs for wisdom. But what happens when we really believe, okay, there's the word, and what happens to the power of the Holy Spirit that's within us? Church, I've been so excited for this message. I've been excited for just really being able to communicate this because I think we just need to be just really truly on our A-game spirit-wise, on our A-game realizing, yes, this is God's voice, but he also reigns within me and he's ministering to my spirit. When I'm asking him, God, I need you to lead me in this. God, what am I, what am I supposed to do next? God, where am I going in this? Church, we need his guidance. Let me ask you something. Do you pray about everything? Like, really, do you pray about everything? And when you pray about everything, are you expecting an answer? What has God spoke to you? Like, if you're, if you're a high school student, you know, God, I need direction. Man, I want you to listen. God, what is God speaking to you? Where are you supposed to be? Is it supposed to be college? Is it not? Is it a career that, that, that needs college or is it not? Is it a direction? Is it you being a business owner? Is it you going into a trade? Is it you going into something? What is your passion? What is your desire? And I think even at a high school level, you got to listen. You got to learn. God, your spirit reigns within me. God, what would you have for me? 
What about the college level? God, what would you have for me? Are you praying about boyfriends and girlfriends? Are you praying about marriage? God, lead me in this. But we pray, but do we expect an answer? This is crazy. Folks, we have to learn this. Please pray. Practice that quiet place. Practice the quiet place. Get rid of the distractions. So many people are so addicted to their phones. Cannot live without it. Can't sleep without it. Can't go to the bathroom without it. I don't know what you're doing in the bathroom with your phone. Like, just like, grab a magazine or a devotional. I don't know what to tell you, but like, maybe you're reading the Bible app. I don't know what you're doing. But like, like, you know, like you can't go anywhere without it. Sin is a distraction. The Bible talks about, we're not going to get into it today, maybe next week. I'm going to preach on our conscience next week. But sin can be a distraction because it can, it can dull your conscience. But that conscience is a God-given trait that you would know right from wrong. You're walking in a direction and your conscience kicks in going, you know what, this is no longer healthy for me. Nope, that's not right. That's wrong. No, that's not good for my spirit. No, that's not good for my, that's not good for my marriage. That's not good for my, for my future. That's not, and your conscience kicks in. Well, that's God given. That's God speaking to you through a conscience. We'll talk, we'll talk more on that next week. We'll get into that, but I want you to see this. Right here in John. John 14, please. Verse 26, and church, we got to realize, yes, there is the absolute truth of God's word. We're not adding to it. We're not taking away from it. It will not go well with you. But where is that personal relationship? Where is that? Even John 10 says the shepherd speaks to his sheep and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep will hear his voice, speaking of Jesus and us. So when you realize, man, I've got his spirit reigning and dwelling within us. And I don't know if we actually even communicate enough on the Holy Spirit. We've done a series just shortly, a, a little bit ago. We try to obviously speak on the Holy Spirit as a very real part of our every moment of life. When he reigns and dwells within, he abides within. That means he is in, and, and that is a help to conviction. That is a help to conscience. But church, let's, let's look at this. Look at this. Verse 14, uh, chapter 14, I mean. Verse 26, this is Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. But the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Church, I love it when the team is ministering up here. I love it when the worship team is ministering and they, and they begin to be spontaneous and they begin to lead us in this beautiful song or a beautiful word. And they come in and they just really would, would even speak something as, listen, I just feel like this is in my heart. And then they begin to quote a verse and that's the spirit bringing it to their remembrance and how powerful that is. How powerful that is when you're relying on the Holy Spirit to bring a remembrance to you from his word in a moment that somebody would need to hear. Powerful. That is God speaking to and through. 
Right, come on, same thing. John 16, please. John 16. Verse 13, again, Jesus speaking on the Holy Spirit. And he says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide. God, lead me in this. God, help me in this. God, what is my direction? God, what would you have for me? God, what have you called me to? Listen, if we are fully surrendered and we are kingdom-minded and kingdom builders, God, what have you called me to? I know many of you have loosened up your schedule because you believe that God has leading you to loosen up your schedule to be able to do more for the church. Well, that is God by his spirit speaking to you. There's not a chapter or verse that says that. Your name is not here in this in a chapter and verse, but when you know this is kingdom building and I believe that I have to make this step, there's many of you that even God might speak to you and say, it's time to leave this position for another position. That might be an impression that God will put in your spirit. Are we sensitive to these things? Are we listening for these things? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit says that a helper will guide you? Do we believe that the Holy Spirit will guide you? I've heard from many of you. I believe that I have been called to this church. I believe that God has led me to this church. Well, how did that happen? That's an impression. That's God speaking to you how? By his Holy Spirit. He speaks to us by his word. He speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. But are we distracted? Don't get me wrong, I spend some time on it. I look for the comedy stuff. I just like to laugh, so just show me something funny. But it's not five hours a day. And it's certainly not the first thing. Can I ask you, what's your first thing in the morning? The very first thing you do is get on your phone and scroll. Can we change that to the very first thing I do is seek his face? Spend my time in prayer. Spend my time in his word. My encouragement is to identify your distractions. Clear time. Believe what the Bible says. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Watch this. And he will disclose to you what is to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take of mine, will disclose it to you. He will disclose it to you. Are you in commune with the Holy Spirit? Do you, do, do you tap into the power of the Holy Spirit in those quiet, quiet moments to say, God, I need your guidance in this. God, lead me. God, what would you have for me? Let your spirit reveal it to me. See, I think for those who would say, nope, I don't believe that God ever speaks to us. I think even after this, you're like, well, you know, he did lead me here and he did guide me in this direction. And I felt like this was the right answer that I gave somebody. And I, I do believe, like, I think you're beginning to see it's not so much that audible voice. Again, I believe God is God and he can do whatever he pleases. That's what I believe. God can speak to you any way he needs to get your attention. I believe that. 
again, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, the message a minute. I'm not a big fan of, and God told me this, and God told me that, and God said this, and God said that. Ah, I'm like, ah, red flag for me. I'm just speaking personally. If you come up and say that all the time, red flag for me. Just letting you know. But when you're sensitive about it, you don't come across as bragging about it. You get into his presence and say, God, I know that your word says your spirit will lead me. Your spirit will guide me. Your spirit will show me things to come. Church, when we pray, are we in the habit of listening? Are we in the habit of listening? No distractions. No distractions. Come on, if we could just stand to our feet, please. Come on, as Olivia sings. I'm just asking you to identify some of these distractions. And if you have not so much found yourself in that quiet place, I encourage you to find yourself in that quiet place. God, I'm asking you to lead me, but I never listened. God, I've asked for your guidance, but I honestly didn't believe that you'd ever speak to me. Because someone taught me once that God never speaks. The only answer you have is through the word. But God, I see that your Holy Spirit abides and dwells within me. And God, I'm asking you for guidance. And as I ask you for guidance, God, I guess I should be listening for an answer. I'm asking you to lead me. I need, need to now start believing that your spirit will lead me, will show me things to come, will guide me in all truth. Now, if you need prayer for any reason, we would love to pray with you. If you want to pray about this, we'd love to pray with you. You want to talk more about Jesus, who we love, Jesus who put himself on a cross for you. We want to talk to you about Jesus Christ, who is Lord and Savior. You need prayer for healing, we want to pray for you. Well, man, even after today, I just want you to dial into this, remove the distractions, find yourself in a quiet place, and learn to listen, and learn to listen, and learn to listen. And quiet your spirit so you can hear his spirit. Come on, Lord, we love you so much. And as we sing and as we close, Father, I thank you for the opportunity of this word today. Thank you for what you're doing here in this place. God, that we would truly be those who would learn to listen. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you reign and dwell within us. Help us to hear from you. In Jesus' name.